With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, so welcome everyone. We are um, here today for a transition um, community of practice call. And um, if you are, if you're not speaking, if you, it helps sometimes if you can put yourself on mute on your phone, um, that way we don't get the background noise. And then when it's your turn to speak, we'll give you time to unmute before um, we assume you're not there. Um, so I have on the line, um, Carol Michaels, Janet Ness, Julia Ells, Katie McKenna, Catherine Saunders, Artemis S, Bill Hellier, um, Lindsay McCary. Anybody else? Okay, we've got everyone, I think then. Okay, so um, we sort of already did some introductions, but um, we've got some new people on. So, um, so I think it's worth going around again, and it's been a while since we met. So if we um, can just have everybody share their name, um, where you work again, um, what your, um, how you are involved with transition age students, and um, then we'll, that will be good if we just a, a brief snippet. So um, I can begin. I'm Teresa Carroll. For those of you who don't know me, I work at UIC Occupational Therapy Department as a faculty member. Um, I'm a clinical faculty, so I send, spend some of my time working in the community with adolescents with autism and have previously worked in schools. Um, yeah, and I'm interested in advocating for OT's role in transition. Uh, Carol, do you want to go next? Sure. So I'm Carol Michaels. I'm the Director of District Services for the Northern Suburban Special Education District. Um, I support uh, staff, um, OTs, TTs, APEs, um, technology in our transition programs. Um, and I am curious about how we can really define our role as occupational therapists in this setting as standing apart from others who are also trained to work with transitional students. Thanks, Carol. Um, Janet? Sorry, I had to take it off of mute. Um, so I'm uh, at the District 86 Transition Center. I'm here two and a half days a week. and. Um, Stephanie Ray is another occupational therapist in the district who had been working here for about five years before I came. So this is my first year here. Um, I'm also at the at the regular high school, so I think it's really great. And then I transition the kids from there to a transition center and then um, help them move forward. So this is my first time on the call, and I'm excited to hear what what information I can gather. Great. Thanks for joining us, Janet. Um, I will say, I, Julia and Lindsay are um, two UIC OT students that are working with me on um, some, Julia is an occupational therapy doctorate student and 
Lindsay is a master's student who's interested in getting some experience with transition. Um, so if you guys have anything else to add, um, go ahead. But I just want to do let, explain why we invited this, those students here with us. Yep. No, that's about it. Okay, great. Um, and Artemis, you're an, a UICOT student as well. Did you want to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm a first year student. I was just in your lecture, Teresa. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm just, I saw your email and I was interested to hear more about what you guys were talking about today. And then I'm actually in the LEND program as well. And I'm helping out with Ashley Social um, this year, kind of with the COP. Um, a few different ways. So yeah, that would be beneficial to listen in. Great. Welcome. Okay, then Katie McKenna. Hi, I'm Katie McKenna. Um, I work for Lansy, but I am staffed at Lyons Township High School. Um, and so I work there three days a week. Um, and my time is split between um, one of our 14 to 18 year old programs, which is more of a multi-needs program. And then I also serve at the entire Transition Center, um, which are students of a wide variety of abilities. Um, and so, yeah, you do that all in three days. Um, and it seems like there's never enough time to get um, everything done. But um, I really enjoyed my time there and just um, very interested in connecting with OTs who are working in these settings because it's, it's a little bit more unique. Um, so. Yeah, looking forward to talking to you all. Great, welcome. Glad to have you. Um, okay, Catherine. Hi, um, I'm Catherine Saunders. I work at North Suburban Special Education District, um, and currently I work at a high school um, with their kids in their special ed classrooms and also like a life skills program. Great, thank you. Um, and then Bill. Okay. Bill, are you able to introduce yourself? Okay, we'll come back um, to that. Bill Hellier. Um, uh, works at Stevenson High School, if I remember that correctly, but um, if he's able to come back and introduce himself, we'll have him do so. Okay, so um, what, uh, it's been a while since we met, but just to give an overview for those of you who are new, um, this group is comprised mostly of OTs that are practicing and working with young adults who are transitioning to adulthood um, in a school setting for the most part. and. Um, we have had some calls in the past. We do have a larger community of practice that is for all EI and school-based therapists. Um, this group is sort of a subgroup. Um, it, this group originated from a roundtable event that was sponsored in Naperville. Um, and um, then sort of I helped connect that to our community of practice. And now we have our own transition community of practice. So we have had a couple calls in the past and then um, there was a second round table last spring here at UIC where we met in person and talked about issues related to transition. And now um, that it's fall and everybody hopefully is back in the swing of the school year and has figured out who's on their caseload and what to do, um, we're having another call and 
part of the purpose of today's call is to plan another in-person roundtable this this semester. Um, so first, I just wanted to update people. Um, there's, I want, wanted to share something that's happening at the national level, which I think is kind of exciting. Um, if you weren't at ILOTA conference or didn't hear about this, um, I'll share it with you here too. Um, so Bill Hellier and I are involved with the National AOTA Community of Practice, and that group worked to put together um, a PowerPoint presentation that advocates for the role of OT in transition. Um, the, the impetus for that was, <coughs> sorry, was um to kind of come up with a consistent way that um we could act, like give presentations to districts and other ot's and to help communicate what our role is and our distinct value is with this population and through that presentation there were 10 declarations or strong statements that came out of it um or come out of that group that are in the presentation that strongly affirm our role in working with transition so it was um piloted in massachusetts and one other state last spring then um karen majeski from connecticut and i presented it at the children and youth conference um the aota children and youth conference in orlando and then now it's making its way around a couple different state conferences one of which was our ilota conference last two weekends ago um and then it's also in washington state is another one and i think it's going back to massachusetts and blanking on some of the other states um, but I think it will be a couple more rounds of revision, but it will hope the hope is that it can be made available on the um, AOTA website for members to use to present to administrators, sorry, to present to other OTs um, to help get buy-in for our role in transition. Um, so this first one is, I think, designed to be presented to occupational therapists, but um, we have talked about creating a version for people who are not OTs um, and are other professionals. Um, and actually, Bill Hallier and I have discussed um, potentially submitting, if there is a, a, a edited version, submitting it to the Illinois Transition Conference. That's a multidisciplinary conference in our state that's focused on transition. Um, it's mostly attended by educators and most of the presenters are educators but we thought it could be a good opportunity to represent OT at that conference next year. So it's just, all we've done is say that it might be a good idea. We haven't done anything else beyond that, but I thought I would just share that from the national level, um, that is something that's happening. Um, and then um, real quick, before we get into conversations about the fall roundtable, um, Lindsay, I was wondering if you wanted to talk about um, your proposal for AOTA conference. Yeah, I'm happy to. Um, so in addition, on the, the national level, level so uh, AOTA is kind of introducing a new concept to their annual conference, and they're calling it um, occupation station, kind of a little catchy name, um, but it's an idea that was derived from the Royal College of OTs in England, um, something that they've been doing for, sounds like, several years at least, um, and it's intended to be kind of like an, an informal presentation, more of like a demonstration um, rather than a lecture-based um, kind of setting, and it's supposed to present a wide variety of 
um, uses or demonstrations of occupation as a therapeutic tool. Um, that's essentially the description they're providing. They have a call for papers um, on the IOTA website right now. Um, so we don't know a lot because it hasn't happened yet um, on, you know, on our side of the pond, but it's sort of an interesting concept. Um, and Teresa and I were chatting about it and brainstorming ways that maybe we could present some sort of um, transition focused or at least adolescent, young adult focused occupation um, to take part in this um, new sector of the IOTA conference as sort of another form of advocacy to show, you know, we're here. It's not just, it's not all about um, early learning that we kind of suspect that will be pretty popular um, for these proposals and just show um, different ways that we can be present in transition. And so we thought this call, this call today might be a good opportunity to get the wheels spinning if anyone has ideas that this is something that's a, interesting to anyone that you might want to join um, Teresa and I and working on a proposal and brainstorming or B, if you have something that comes to mind like an occupation, um, occupational tool you've been using in the past or currently that works really well that you'd be excited to share um, and we could work together to put that into sort of a proposal format. Um, the ideas they gave were knitting, felting, therapeutic games, therapeutic writing, um, but it sounds like the sky is the limit to some extent, um, you know, something that can be presented, of course, there within the, the constraints of space and materials, but um, kind of wanted to put that out there to the group to see if anyone was excited about it and had any ideas. So Lindsay, thanks Lindsay. Lindsay's doing this as a practicum for me at UIC, but we thought these I don't know, these new sessions at AOTA conference sounded kind of fun, but that it would be an interesting, it would be worthwhile to put in a proposal for one of these occupation stations that was an occupation that adolescents could be involved in. So we talked about board games potentially as an occupation, like age appropriate ones for adolescents. And we also talked about maybe like examples of simulated life skills that you could do um, with adolescents, but, um, does anybody else have any other ideas of something that could be like a an occupation that could be done at AOTA conference that be relevant to adolescents? Hi, this is Katie. Um, we um, at LT, the speech therapist and teacher and I, we do a group weekly um, with some of our kids. It's, um, we call it music and movement. And um, the music piece and exploring different instruments and um, kind of participating in that um, has been really beneficial for a lot of our students. Um, and so I don't know, you know, we've we've tried to connect it to, we've actually connected music with emotions, um, you know, kind of talking about some of the stuff with zones and how does this make you feel. And um, music just seems to be something that um, has really, um, I don't know, motivated our students and, and gotten them to sort of participate. Um, and it's also a really appropriate, you know, leisure activity, self-regulation tool. So I don't know if there's anything with music um, that would be interesting at all, but we've had some some really nice success um, with that where, where I work. So just throwing that out there. 
great. Thanks for sharing. Any other feedback on this idea for AOTA? Okay, well, I'm are you looking? Are you looking for tools or things that we're using already? Like we have a lot of, at least here at District 86, we have a lot of pre-vocational jobs that we do, like in the high school, and then we have vocational sites that our students like sort of choose through inventories where they would like to go and they go out and use them. And kind of that's, um, whether it's a volunteer thing or it's community-based though. So that's kind of their role as a, a community member and that's sort of how we use it. I don't know if that is of any interest. I'm not sure. I could see some of the like um, ideas for ways to simulate work um, that we might use like in the school before they go out in the community or maybe materials they use out out at work could be something that might be interesting to do. Um, so thanks for suggesting that. Yeah. Okay, well, if you have any other ideas, you can con I I'm all, I'll put Lindsay's email in the contact notes or, or you can, or in the notes for the call and you can also contact me. Um, so we're all Lindsay's trying to do is submit a proposal. We're not sure if it will get accepted or not, but we thought it was worth exploring and um, uh, would be kind of fun to kind of be one of the first presentations that's this occupation station at AOTA. So think about it and let us know if you have any other ideas. Um, so next, uh, we need to plan for our fall round table. Um, I know it's, we're already halfway through October, but so time's dwindling, but we want to try to get this scheduled in the fall. We had a goal last year that we'd have one in the spring and one in the fall each year. And we really feel like we benefited from those round tables by like getting to interact with each other. So first we need to decide kind of a date and a place and then what topics we'd like to discuss at that round table. Um, so thus far, I know Bill Hellyer has offered to host, and then um, Janet Alonzo from Lads, or sorry, from Naperville just emailed me today and said they were also willing as well. So um, I'm fine with wherever. Um, Bill, are you on the call and able to? I am. I'm back. Okay, good. Um, so do you want to tell us who you are and then talk about what your willingness to host? Yeah, I'm Bill Hellyer. I'm at Stevenson High School in Lincolnshire, um, and this is my um, fifth year in uh, the transition program, my second year being there full-time in a transition program. So um, Stevenson has some good spaces available to host, so I'm uh, absolutely willing and able to host. I mean, I don't know how... I I know Bill's expressed interest to host and then and then Naperville as well. I don't know how to make a choice. So if anybody has <laughs> feedback or if you want to just go with, you know, Stevenson this time and then Naperville next time, that would be fine. Um, I'm open to whatever people think. I don't want to make the choice. <laughs> <laughs> so I say Stevenson this time. I know. I know that um, you know Bill's been doing a lot of work with this and having some conversations on this, so I think Stevenson would be a good option this time, and we can look to Naperville next. Okay. 
Yeah, we had said we would alternate between city and suburbs, but I feel like we can, if we've got Naperville open to host and we've got most participants from the suburbs, we haven't had a lot of CPS involvement here um, yet. So we can revisit that in the spring, but maybe plan on, on revisiting whether Naperville wants to host next spring. Um, okay, so do we feel like we can pick a date? Um, I know the scheduling part's not fun. What kind of time frame are people? Yeah, what kind of time frame are people looking for? Like um, before Thanksgiving, between Thanksgiving and winter break. You know, what do you guys think? I'm almost wondering if we want to do between Thanksgiving and winter break. I mean, I know we're saying fall, but with ILOTA just done and, you know, I think, I think we're in a time right now of, with a house bill um, happening and everything like that, that we need a little bit of space right now. That, that works. So we, we could look at the first. The first, first week of December, perhaps? Yeah, that would be fine. Bill, do you have a day that works better for you out there? Um, it can, if it's going to be um, in the evening or early evening or whatever, um, any day works for me. Okay. Um, does anybody have any feedback on days? So we said the first week? Yep. In December? Yes. Monday? If nobody, if nobody else has, I, I'll make a plug for Wednesday, but I don't, I'm not the most important, so. Um. Yeah, can I Wednesday? No, no Friday. <laughs> no Friday. Oh, I missed that. Done. <laughs> All right, no Friday. We've got that. No Friday. <laughs> First weekend in December. Um, Wednesday works for me. Wednesday the 4th. All right, yeah, so I'll go for Wednesday. Wednesday's good, yeah. I'll go for Wednesday. Wednesday, December 4th. Um, yeah, so I'll go for Wednesday, December 4th. Um, and since I'm not hearing any strong, um, like, hey, no other days besides Friday, if that doesn't work out, then I'll throw out options to our two groups. Okay. Okay, great. Um. Okay, so then um, um, sorry. So what would so last time, so people who weren't there, we came up with like three questions for people in small groups to discuss and then share in the large group to address some of our issues related to transition. And so uh, I don't have it pulled up on the, my screen quite yet, but or right now, but um, I think last time one of the topics was defining our role. Another one was, um, evaluation and assessment. 
Um, and I can't remember what the third one was. So um, it's helpful if we can come up with some topics or things that we want to do while we're at this in-person meeting. So I'll open it up to the thoughts of everybody else. So one of the conversations that I had with Bill that I thought was interesting was the idea of you know, how the skill that occupational therapists have in linking beyond school. So how, how do occupational therapists link students beyond school into the other world? Carol, can you say it again? I had a hard time hearing you. So one of the things I was talking to Bill about that came up was this idea that, you know, while occupational therapists are educational professionals, we are also really involved in, you know, world occupations outside of school. And so, you know, one of the, the ideas that I'm wondering if we can think about are how do we highlight the role that we play in linking students beyond school into the larger picture of occupation of life? I don't know if that makes sense. Right, so, so how do we integrate our ability to help with things like community engagement and independent living into our role education system, is that correct? Right, so how do we look beyond education into function? Okay. Right. Into life. Okay. So looking beyond um, what the transition teams would talk about as linkages, and they're really thinking about agencies to actually yeah. performing independent living, you know, once you leave. Okay. Right. Because they'll connect you to, like, they'll connect to an agency and then kind of walk you and say the agency will help you, right? right. I, but there's things that we can do. Um, to help. So an example of this, I don't know if this is what you're getting at, but one example that I've been doing in some of the with the students I've been working with is something basic, which is looking up the nearest um, Special Olympics adult center or facility to them, the park district in the city that has a, an adult Special Olympics team and helping connect them to that office so that they can continue to play basketball after they graduate. Um, is, is this something along those lines or is it more performing some of those life skills while they're still in school you know so i think that's good and i think like so some of the stuff that we do is um we try to work with parents who have a gym membership at a ymca or a local club and then teach the students you know specific either workout or stretching routines or Okay. using the bikes at that location so that once they leave they right. can still be active in a, in a club right gotcha no i think this is a good topic for sure and when it's come up for me in when i worked in the schools was when i we had students that didn't have funding so if a student didn't have funding it's like the educational team would say like well they don't have funding so i guess our job is done Whereas we as OTs, I felt like a, a distinct role for us was to say, let's get you like your library card. Let's get you connected to something so that you have something to do after you graduate rather than just sitting at home. That's a good topic. Any other um, topics or issues that are um, 
those of you who are working in schools are facing that we might be able to address and talk about at our fall roundtable? I'm always interested to hear what um, what typical sort of day in the life is for other therapists. Like, what does it look like? You know, when you're working in transition or working in the high school, like. I think we talked a little bit about this at one of the roundtables that I went to. I think it was in Naperville. But just, I, I don't know, I'm just always interested to hear, like, how is it looking? You know, what is, I don't know. Just, uh, it, it's kind of, um, it's nice to just talk to other people about, you know, are you group, what groups are you doing? Are you, you know, consulting on this? Or how, how is this, you know, playing out for you? So um, that's just... What the role looks like in different settings. I think that's really crucial. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like we don't have, you know, a lot of other, you know, I have a lot of coworkers at Lazy who are all amazing OTs, but really only a couple working in in the high school. And I think I'm one of the only ones working in transition. So, you know, it's just kind of nice to reach out and see what it looks like elsewhere and to get ideas. Each other. Oh, I love that. So, you know, so um, step back from advocating for a minute and just talk to each other about what we're doing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like just what, it, what does it look like? Even if it's just a short portion of it, I think that that um, can bring some benefit, um, especially because we're all working in within different settings. Some of us are in, I mean, being in transition full time sounds like a dream, you know, <laughs> I mean, right. to be able to have, um, you know, some time, but, you know, we're all working in different settings and different constraints and different supports and um, so it could be nice to chat and commiserate with each other. <laughs> Agreed. Well, even, even to identify some of the roles, so if you look at, you know, it qualitatively from a data perspective, you know, what are the codings that come up as the roles that are, are really typical amongst us as occupational therapists and which ones are a little unique that maybe we could build on and spread? Yeah, definitely. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, that sounds great. Does anybody else have any other thoughts? One of the things that I'm wondering in is, do we want to have some type of discussion almost from a programmatic level of what our transition programs are looking like and what some of the I don't really want to say struggles, but what are some of the considerations that we're facing? So, you know, we wanted to do this really great um, life skills data collection piece, um, and we couldn't because the teachers really felt that it was more important for the students to get to the table for their morning meeting than to learn how to be independent in storing their materials when they first come in. Do you know what I mean? So, like, how, how do we address some of the push and pull between we would like students to have time to be able to independently engage, but if the bus is here to get them to their job, our pair is kind of pushing them through to get them on the bus. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm that, not sure if I'm being clear. So like, yeah, the balance yeah. between independence and efficiency. Um, yes, and independence and academics. Okay, too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say it again. I've said the, this in um, past times that we've talked, but that difference between um, an emphasis on knowledge versus the emphasis on performance. Right. 
and and then moving beyond it to how do we talk about this? You know, districts talk about their dashboard data on their academics, but how could we gather dashboard data on um, in, improving functional skills? Right. Oh yeah, good point. Okay. I mean, I think that's a lot. <laughs> um, um, so how do we integrate our role in independent living and community engagement into our role in education? Um, just a discussion about the day in the life of a transition-focused OT so we can learn from each other about what they're doing, like what groups are you leading and what ways are you consulting, what your one-on-one -on -one sessions look like, what supports do you have, what barriers do you encounter? And then a discussion about how, at more of a programmatic level, how to balance student independence with classroom efficiency, independence and in academics, knowledge of a task versus consistent performance of the task, and gathering data on functional skills. Does that sound accurate? Yeah. I think yeah. So. Okay. I think, I think that's I a think lot. I think the part about us just having a discussion, each of us having a discussion about how we do things differently, I think that could take up a good chunk of time and be very valuable for us. I agree. I agree. I, and especially if we kind of, like I said, catalog that to share that out with what roles could be. Yeah. yeah. I think we're moving. I, I can see we spend, like we, we have so much that we could talk about that, and we like these little round tables are great, but I almost feel like we're moving one day to the direction of like <laughs> spending a lot more time together and just going through everything, you know, um, yeah. because there, it's hard to do all this work on the phone, um, and it seems like there's a need for it. So, you know, it's just something to file away is, you know, after we've done so many of these round tables, do we think we ever need more time and want to explore what that might look like? Um, but I think this looks great for, for now, for December. Awesome. Um, so, Bill, you're going to confirm date um, and time. Okay. I'll work on that tomorrow. Uh, or sorry, much else to be done quite yet for this. Um, but um, if anything comes up, I'll let people know. Um, so yeah, and then, um, oh, I did also want to mention, I forgot with the down First of all, anything else about the round table that we need to discuss? I don't, I don't think so, but am I missing anything? Okay, I did want to share and make sure everybody knew. We mentioned it last spring on a, a previous call, I think, but the new um, document on OT's role and OT and PT's role in schools is um, out and published on the ISBE website. Um, so we had talked about it before and saying we're not sure when it would be out, but it is now. So I had sent out an email through our large COP about it, but it, um, if you haven't seen that new document, that's available through ISBE. Um, so other than that, I don't have anything else really pressing to share. And so we can, we have a couple minutes left or a few minutes left if people want to uh, open the floor, people want to ask questions or share about any practice issues that they have that they're encountering in their role, um, or just want to get feedback from the group about anything, um, feel free to speak up and share or ask questions now.
especially the folks that are new to us. Yeah. So I've got a question about just minutes because we've been discussing this with the other OT and the speech, patho speech pathologist and the PT, whether to do quarterly, monthly, weekly minutes um, because of the new legislation that came through. We had a lot of lawyer talks at our school um, regarding what is best practice or what is going to be best, um, you know, best to cover you legally if you don't meet those minutes in a month. Um, so what are other people doing, or what is the what is the consensus, or is there one? So the boilerplate uh, answer that we get um, from our administration, and one of the administrators is on the board of the, um, or my main administrator is on the board of a a IAASE, the Illinois Association of Special Education Administrators, is that you determine frequency um, based on need, not convenience of your schedule. That's the boilerplate. In the real world, right. so, <laughs> in the real world, um, I, I do a lot of um, minutes per month. Right. So the the I guess the caution that we were used for, or we're told about for using monthly minutes is that if it's a short month, let's say December, we are still required to say if the student has 100 minutes, we are still required to um, meet those 100 minutes even though, though it's a short month. So oh, so I'm not sure. Yeah, go ahead. No, I, was, I, I was just thinking out loud. So, because we used to, I used to write monthly minutes as well. But I can see, so then in December, when school is, you're talking about like December when they're out of session or out of school for two weeks or a week. Right. That it, but if they're not present in school, would you have to make up the minutes if they were? Well, that they said that that was a, uh, it was very vague that um, our lawyers told us we would be responsible for monthly minutes. So I am. Um, I, I read it as in if they're not in school, then we don't have to provide those minutes. But if it's monthly, then we need to provide those minutes per month. If we have weekly minutes, no, then we wouldn't be responsible because they're not there that week. But if we're providing monthly minutes, we need to provide that amount for the month that would be school. You know, like whether it's two weeks of school or three weeks of school, that is the month and we have to provide them monthly. That's the way it came back to me. So I just I'm just trying to clarify it and see what other other people have been told or what's what's happening. I I do know and Carol, I don't know if you know more about this than I do, but I do know at ILOTA conference with this new legislation, the new law, there it was brought up at an advocacy roundtable, and then now there is a group of people and um, someone's going to be looking into getting more clarification on the interpretation of the law um, because a lot of OTs and a lot of districts are interpreting the law differently and lawyers are interpreting it differently. And so there is some effort to seek clarification on the law and um, get a better understanding of what it means for, for us as OTs. I don't know the results of that yet, but um, I don't know if anything will change or not, but there is, it, ILOTA, or it became, it came to light at ILOTA 
And now um, there's someone who's going to be going to meetings and with, um, or to understand the law and try to get clarification for us. Okay, Carol, great. I did not Thank explain you. that well. So Carol, if you think. <laughs> That's great, thanks. Right, so I feel like that's uh, something, honestly, that we constantly um, face for a whole lot of issues, not just minutes, um, that there are a variety of interpretations of law. And even from attorneys, there are a variety of interpretations <laughs> of law that can be 180 degrees from somebody you know, next door even that has a different attorney. So um, in my particular district, um, we have um, a couple of districts that feed into Stevenson that have different attorneys, and they'll have a completely different 180-degree interpretation of law. For, you know, the really specific example is that in one of my districts, uh, service is not provided under a 504, and the attorney says that it does not need to be provided under a 504. Um, in another district, um, the attorney uh, guidance is that it absolutely needs to and is required to be provided under a 504. Um, so that's just one example of the extremes and the difference of interpretations. So I feel like um, that's probably kind of another symptom um, of occupational therapists not being specifically represented um, in leadership positions. So I'm kind of throwing that back at you, Carol. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> that so also I, happens um, within the Lazy districts as well. <laughs> we have a bunch of different districts that feed in, and there's one that's like, yeah, we're going to give minutes on the 504, and others are like, absolutely not. And same with this law. I mean, you know, everyone is interpreting it differently. We were doing a lot of monthly minutes as well, but that has never come up in our conversations about the short months, so it's really a good thing to think about. So now I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know what the right thing to do is. But, um, the confusion we have, seems to be everywhere. <laughs> and we have three or four different interpretations of what monthly minutes mean. So one interpretation mm -hmm. is exactly that, that it means like December um, equals December. And you need to have, if you have 120 minutes a month, right. it needs to be provided within December. There's another one that says that monthly minutes is a 30 or 31-day period, and it could be November 15th to December 15th. There's another that says that um, you prorate months like December. Um, so if you're right. only there for half of the month, uh, you provide half of yeah. the minutes. So, yeah, they're just different interpretations. Mm-hmm. Sure. No, and that's one of those issues that's not specific to transition. That's one of those issues that um, transcends all of yeah. us that provide school-based therapy. Yes. Absolutely. Agree. And I, yes, I, I've had heard lots of conversations about this this fall. So hopefully there'll be, if, if something comes of these, um, I'll share them um, with the group. And you're in good company. We've got Carol here. Carol's on top of some of that. <laughs> um, 
somehow I got invited to be on one of the calls that happened after ILOTA conference too. So at least now by being in this group, um, we um, can share, by having this group, we can share information as it comes through. Um, so we'll keep you posted. So just as a humorous side note, I thought it was hilarious at um, the ILOTA roundtable that when somebody mentioned the law, June Reckler, who represents uh, CPS, said, it's not our fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Um, that's what the story is. So. Yeah, th that's what everybody's saying, but yes. <laughs> um, Good. So any other um, any other people have questions or comments or things to share with the group or things they'd like feedback or support with? Or ideas for future efforts for this group? Well, I don't want to keep people, I know it's getting late and people have lives to go back to. Um, I will just plug, so remember Lindsay's going to put together for AOTA um, this occupation station proposal just to see what it's, um, you know, try to see if we can have an, something that represents OT's role with adolescents at that session this year. And then I'm also going to be trying to put together a conversations that matters. Um, which is like a round table like we had at ILOTA um, focused on transition. So if you think you might be going to AOTA conference in Boston next spring, I believe it's the last week of March this time. Um, it's usually in April, but um, so if you think you might be going and wanted to collaborate on that session, I would be happy to have you. Um, even if you haven't presented at a conference before, I will still be happy to have you so I don't have to do it by myself. So just email me or let me know. Um, and um, other than that, I think we'll just wait to hear from Bill about the roundtable, and then once we have that information, we'll send it out, and we will see you all in December. Hey, I do have one more question. Yes. Um, and I may have missed this when I got offline, um, but um, Teresa, uh, you had somebody taking notes at the roundtable. Yes. Um, do you have those and can we get access to them? Yes, I actually just emailed her that exact question, I think last night or the night before. So my, so Lauren did and I will, I asked her if she could type them up for me and share them with me and um, I will get them and we can share them with the group um, for sure. And I thought that was a, a really productive discussion. Yes. So if you weren't there or you don't know, we had a discussion about the ways that um, how can OT support transition, but through all grades starting in early childhood. And even we had some people from early intervention at the round table. So how can OT support transition and be transition minded from birth through, um, you know, 22. And we had some good conversations and some good ideas. And so Lauren will. Um, Lauren took notes for me and I will get those from her. And then depending on, um, well, Lauren may be doing an OTD project related to this topic. And so we can, depending on what she tries to do, the idea would be, it would be great to kind of capture some of the ideas that came from that round table um, and maybe put it into a usable form, you know, like an, an, even if it was an ILOTA practice article or if 
Lauren has talked about maybe doing like an infographic or something that could be shared with OTs um, about ways to um, support transition at all ages and stages. So um, that's a good question. I'll, I'll get the notes and then I can share them. And then if anybody's interested in collaborating on something related to that too, let me know. Thanks, Teresa. Yeah, it was a good discussion. Some good, good, like strong recommendations um, that came out of it. So definitely worth sharing. Okay, anything else before we go? Um, this is Lindsay again. I just wanted to put a little plug, so I don't think I said earlier with the occupation stations. The proposals are due November 21st. So um, if you have an idea or you want to think about it for a bit, just keep that in mind. Um, I don't want anyone to feel like they missed the opportunity um, if they were they had something they were holding on to. So go ahead and think on that, but know that they are due in about a month. So I don't feel like I'm ready to throw it out there, but I know because I'm not I don't really participate in it. But one of my colleagues um, participates pretty heavily in a coffee cart, and it's very much a transition related activity. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I saw that happen. I was um, working in transition in Seattle prior to coming to Chicago for school, and I saw that in a transition program there, and I loved it. So I, I think that is something yeah. to definitely look we, into. We've got a coffee cart at the high school and one at the transition center so that we can transfer the students from the high school to the transition center with the coffee cart. So that, it's, it's a really great thing. And then we have a fellow actually developing an app for us to, um, so that they can, the teachers can order in their coffees and the students can get the information and make them. Um, so yeah, we've, we've been working on that sort of thing for a couple years now. I think that would be really interesting. Wow, that's awesome. Can you remind me um, who just spoke? <laughs> sorry, who just shared about the coffee cart? Oh. Sorry, sorry, it's Janet Ness, sorry. Okay, thanks. Thank you so much. Just taking some notes, I appreciate it. Yeah, you can, you can give us a shout. I don't think I'm on the email list because I, I just, I am, I'm an international OT and I just got certified here in the U.S. in the spring. So it was Stephanie who told me to call in because she was um, at another meeting. So I'm calling in via her. So I think I need to get my name on the, on the mailing list as, as well, please. <laughs> yeah, Janet, what's your email real quick? It's Janet. Um, oh, do you want my work one or my personal? I'll give you my personal one just so that I, I can check it easier. So it's Janet.ness, N is in Nancy, A is in Apple, E is in Edward, S is in Sam, S is at Sam at hotmail.com. Okay, I'll try to add you, and if you don't get it, let me know. Okay, um, super. Thanks. And, um, and yeah, and so I think. Uh, Lindsay and I had talked about maybe even just having at this occupation station some showcase of like different types of visual supports or functional activities that adolescents could do too. So that's an idea um, to as well. So we'll be maybe have Lindsay reach out to you, Janet, to get some more information. And if anybody else comes up with other ideas or if you have good visuals or good materials that you're using that you think would be great for this station just let us know we wouldn't need them until next march but um but if you have ideas we can write about them in the proposal so you can contact lindsay or myself 
And we don't know if it will get accepted or not, but we don't really know what they want from this occupation station thing. So <laughs> we're just trying to yes and yeah, it was kind of it. It's kind of interesting looking at the um, at the description that it says this yeah. is not a presentation. This is a demonstration. So right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So Lindsay has a practicum credit she needs to do, and somehow I convinced her to say, "Why don't you try and <laughs> put in a proposal for this new?" <laughs> <laughs> be a good piece of advocacy to have one of these occupation stations be related to adolescence so that we could start spreading the word about what because not all OTs understand what we do in transition so um, it you know it's easy to think of examples for pediatrics and maybe adults but could we have one that would be representative of transition so that's what she's trying to do but her Practicum only includes putting the proposal in. <laughs> so I told her she doesn't have to get it accepted. We're just going to put one in and see what happens and see what AOTA is looking for. So um, so thanks for your feedback on that. I'm sure Lindsay appreciates it. I definitely do. Thank you. Okay, so um, if we have nothing else, thank you all for calling in today. It's great to have people on the call. Keep um, looking for the announcement about the round table but we're tentatively looking at the first week in december potentially that wednesday and um and then um if anything comes up else comes up you can email me or email the group um i think it's illinois or uh, well i'll send it out with the notes the email address you can send to the whole group okay all right thank, all right. You. thank you Hi guys. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.